and welcome to our next episode of the Driftcast, which we seem to be getting out on a timely manner again, guys. This is good. Uh, I am joined by Joe. What's up, Joe? I actually looked at the notes this week. And I'm also joined by Matt. What's up, Matt? He only looked at the notes because I put them in the right chat that he wants. Yeah, he's very finicky about his chat. Listen, it's a it's a start, people. I actually looked at them this this month. I feel like we should toast to that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, wasn't Daryl waiting for you last night? And he was like, "Ah, uh, screw oh, it. Well, I just I just recorded because you were just like, where's the where's the? Oh yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. I emailed the the uh, link to myself, but the email hasn't arrived yet. And I'm like, this is pretty shitty because my phone's right next to my laptop. So I don't know why the email takes like nine million. Mi- um, it is to travel through the through the web and all of that garbage. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, come on, we're in 2022. Why is this email taking so long to come up? And he's like, I'm leaving, bro. I'm like, all right, give me like two minutes. Uh, anyways, <sighs> so um, let's start this off as we always do with our toast. I would like to toast to, first of all, our Patreon producers. I'm very sorry I did not get the list. It's been a very hectic week for me. But if you're a Patreon producer, we do still love you, respect you, and thank you. And also, we're going to toast to five years of the Switch. Happy birthday, Switch. Yay! And I'm also going to throw out a last-minute toast to Mountain Dew, the greatest soda on the planet. I don't know. I'm drinking black black cherry here. Stewart's black cherry. Nice. I, I I prefer orange cream soda, but you know, each their own. All right. So let's talk about what we've been playing. Joe, have you been playing anything fun on the Switch? No, not at all. Just like just like thirty hours of Dead Cells. So you know, nothing nothing crazy. Those are rookie numbers. Got to pump those numbers up. Uh, I've been trying. There's this thing called life and work. And eh, not important. Family, family's important though. Only slightly. I mean, <laughs> the best thing about the Switch is I can just bring it downstairs and play it while I'm, while I'm you know, interacting with people. Or, I guess you're not really interacting with people. I don't know. So would you recommend? Would you recommend Dead Cells? The I mean, I, I mean, I played Dead Cells a lot on the Switch. I've also played it on PS4 when it was on PS Now, and I prefer playing it on Switch. Like these type of games where you can just pick them up and play at any time, anywhere, and just like the style of game. I feel like it really blends itself. It lends itself to the Switch, not blends itself. It lends itself to the Switch and its portability factor. I think it's really cool that, like, if I want to do a run of Dead Cells while I'm waiting for a client, like, outside their house, because I get there early, I can do that. It's really cool. So. Other than that, I played a lot of non-Switch stuff, and the only other thing I think I played on my Switch this week was I started playing Mario Sunshine again. And I don't know where to go, and I'm ashamed to say that because, like, I beat the first boss, and now I'm like, where the fuck do I go? So, if anybody wants to tell me in the chat when this episode posts, tell me where to go. Are, are you are you uh, avoiding googling or looking at a guide? I, I mean, I could just do that. I mean, it is 2022. You you asked in the Facebook group, does anybody miss physical guides? So... Apparently, me because I I don't want to look shit up. Maybe, you know, go out there, find a physical guide, mail it in, you know, pay exorbitant prices to get printed documents to tell you where to go. Listen, those 
I so there's like certain games that I would kill kill for a physical strategy guide of right now. Like like imagine having a physical strategy guide for a game like you know Fire Emblem Three Houses or uh, even like Fire Emblem Warriors or those Warriors games that I don't have physical guides for. Or even like Disgaea Six. I just like physical guides. I just think they look really cool. They're nice little coffee you know coffee books that you can keep on your table in your game room. I love having them on my shelf. It's I never where them. I kept my guides. What, did you just keep them on the bookshelf? Because they're books? No, I kept them in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wonder if you were doing that to supplement toilet paper, or because <laughs> actually we're going to use the guidebook while you were using the shitter. Well, I mean, that's the best time to look. You get stuck, you go to the bathroom, you so do you your get, business, so you look getting, up. So you're getting stuck in more ways than one. <laughs> That's like, why did I join this? She's unclogging two problems at once, people. The toilet humor is astounding. (laughs) This is what you you signed up for, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what you thought you were expecting. All right. All right, Matt. I'll respect your privacy and and your uncomfortableness. Let's just flush this uh, topic and keep moving. What have you been been playing, uh, Matt? So I dipped my toes into the Kirby and Forgotten Lands demo. I wanted to really see if I'd have any interest in playing the the, uh, full game. It's neat. I got to the part where Kirby can't quite swallow a car and (laughs) committing Grand Theft Kirby and just running mobs over. It's a neat little game. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the full version, but uh, the demo's out there for anybody who wants to give it a try. I appreciate the fact that Nintendo's willing to put out demos these days when most things that companies are putting out are just early beta testers. Then I dipped a little bit back into Monster Hunter Rise because of the news of Sunbreak coming out in June 30th, right before our cruise collide. I think I know what we're doing. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm I'm so excited. I started, uh, well, I'll talk about what I've been playing when we get to me. They're like, oh god, let's let's avoid all the people on the cruise and play video games the whole time we're there. We're not no avoiding ex- other people. No excursions. <laughs> we're just gonna play Monster Hunter. Excursions are expensive. Monster Hunter is, is not. Wait, wait. You just gotta understand something. First of all, first of all, we're going to Bermuda, and it's a three day stay in Bermuda. It takes two and a half days to get down there. If you get stuck in the triangle, you can play Monster Hunter forever, technically, because you'd be lost to space and time. So. I hope they have a, a USB-C charging station. I hope so, too, for your sake. And you not... OLEDs now, right? That's like nine-hour battery life. You should be good. And not to mention, uh, if I'm playing Monster Hunter, I don't go to the casino and gamble. So, just saying. So, yeah, I was playing a little bit more of that, just trying to clear up some event quests I never really went through. But my armor set and weapons are good for the new expansion. I'm ready to go. Bring it on. But that was all I really played this past month. I went back to uh, Bravely Default 2. I just love that game. I was going to say, are you having a good time with it? I tried the demo uh, last year or some point whenever it came out, and it just wasn't my type of game. Uh, I'm... I, it, you know, it's actually very, very interesting because uh, 
I was having problems. My problem was that I couldn't actually level up my character because they took out random encounters in the game. So I looked it up because I'm like, well, they gotta have some way to like, you gotta have some way <clears throat> to, you know, ha- level. No, they said the entire game can be played without leveling. Without, like, seriously grinding. I'm sorry, grinding. There's no grinding in the game. Which is very confusing for a game like that. Yeah, but I like the idea of not having to grind. Uh, I'll level when I want to or grind when I want to, but I don't feel forced into it. Except that what made the Bravely Default uh, games great is that you could turn down how often you got your encounter level. So you could turn it down to zero if you didn't want to play it that way. When you need to do it, you could turn it up, which I really liked. They took that all completely out of the game. Yeah, it's a weird feature that they removed, because I remember I was talking to you about this the other day, and I was like, yeah, they should have it a counter bar like they had in the first game. And they're like, no, no, they took it out. I'm like, what? Like, that was one of the coolest features in that game, because you could be like, you could literally jack it up to, like, super high when you wanted to grind, and then, like, if you just wanted to go from, like, mission to mission, you could just turn it off. That was a really cool feature. Especially exactly. Who just want to play, like, story modes and stuff don't want to worry about grinding or anything like that you could you could make you could tailor the game to your play style which i thought was cool and what made that bar even better is you could turn off all your random encounters and once they were turned off you could go back into the dungeon and then go back and retrieve all of your um all of the chests you're missing the monsters now run away from you kind of like you know uh dragon quest yeah, when you're too high level, they'll just run away from you. <laughs> yeah. Which, the problem with that is that to play the, what I like about this game is that you're not necessarily forced into specific characters because they use the job system. Like, you don't have to play a specific class. You can kind of make your own class by combining two job levels. But you have to level up your jobs for every character. And that's where the problem comes in because I wanted to level the jobs. I wanted to finding an area that I was in before that I still had plenty of time to actually like um, uh, uh, I could actually level up, which was good. And then I was able to beat the boss I was stuck on, which was really nice. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. I think I'm at the end of chapter two. I know CJ's been playing through my recommendation. Yeah, he said, he said thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. The other thing I played today for the first time in a very, very long time is I played Hades on PC because I'm now starting to train to be able to play Monster Hunter. <laughs> See how my arm does? I so did. you played it on PC as opposed to Switch, but it is a Switch game and it plays very well on the Switch. It does. I have it on both because it's cross-save. Oh, that's right, cross-save. Yeah, it's cross-save. And I'm just—I was just at my PC today because it's—you know—it's cold out today, so I have my space heater running, aka my beautiful computer. It just snowed for like two seconds today. I was like, "What? It's March. Stop snowing." Mm-hmm. I blame the groundhog. Stupid yeah. Groundhog. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so hopefully soon I'm going to be back to Monster Hunter because I do kind of got to catch up and I got to remember how to play because I, I like, don't don't remember. 
I feel like we need like training montages with like music in the background, like Eye of the Tiger or like You're the Best Around. And it's just Kali playing random video games to like get her, <laughs> get her hands get her hands like in shape to play Monster Hunter again. Oh, that'd be great. All right, let's talk about the upcoming releases for April. First. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. No. Go on. So when I put this list together, I know, Joe, you linked a couple different uh, videos that were out there. Evidently, they didn't like the ad blocker on my computer, so I ignored them. So I just went to the eShop. Uh, that works. And I listed them in order that they were coming out. So go ahead, Kalai. We have MLB The Show on April 5th, 2022. Just in time for baseball season to really kick it off. I'm really impressed that you called it the correct name. Eh, I figured it was funny calling it MLB the slow one time. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not going to get this. Joe, you're an MLB fan. What do you think? I don't know. I don't even... I feel like every year I get the show, then every year I unlock like 80% of the trophies in like two days, and then I don't play it ever again. <laughs> so as much as I love this show, I just really don't get enough out of it every year to just keep buying it every year. I don't know if I'm going to get it this year, but... You know, stay tuned, because in a week I might just buy the show on PlayStation. I'm going to buy it. I'm probably going to buy it on PlayStation. I mean, I'm going to buy it where it's where it's meant to be played. Well, well maybe it'll be coming to that new PlayStation uh, service. That's the rumor is that it was going to be released on Plus for free. That, or now, I'm sorry. For free. Next month. But that's the rumor to counteract Microsoft. I doubt they're going to put MLB The Show out for free. I don't know. I mean, does it really matter anymore? <laughs> That's true. All right. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Day one. Buying this on PS5. Day one. Day one purchase. This has been coming for some time. I want it now. And I'm surprised it's actually finally almost here. I know a lot of people really want it. And a lot of people are more interested in the fact you have a Lego game of this caliber, they'd rather see like a traditional non-Lego game with the features that they throw into these Lego games. I'm not a big Lego person. I mean, I'm just, I played some of the games. I like, my favorite was the one where you actually built them. I've never in my life built Legos until I actually got the Lego set where you could, you could like play and it taught you how to do it on screen because that's the only way I could actually do it. Oh, Dimensions? Yeah. Yeah, Dimensions was fun. I just thought, like, it was just a missed opportunity. I feel like if it didn't come at the end of the hype of, like, the Games to... games uh, Was it Games to Life or whatever? Yeah, Games to Life. If it didn't come at the end of that trend, I felt like it would, would have done a lot better. And then I got, like, a couple different LEGO games, and there was just ones that did... Everyone I got just didn't impress me. This one is amazing what they're doing with it because they redid all not all the six previous movies that they did in lego form they redid all the levels from the ground up so they're not even the same levels so it's not even the same game you're playing a completely new game for 45 levels so it's a 45 level lego game this game's in, in immensely huge like they said this is the biggest game they've ever made and the biggest project they've ever taken on and i'm super excited because i love star wars and i love legos and this Lego game was the first Lego game, and I, it's really cool to bring it all back to like 
square one and make this like huge big final lego game because i don't think i think that um uh traveler's tales has lost the, the the exclusive rights to make lego games so this is their last lego game that's exclusive so i think after this they're making like an nba and like a hockey lego game or something else soccer lego game they're making like lego sports games the next two lego games they're not doing like licenses anymore so it's very interesting and i'm excited for this game it's a day one purchase for me if it's not a day one purchase for me i'll just wait and get it for my birthday at the end of the month but i'm definitely i'm definitely playing this like i've been waiting a long time to play this game and by Uh, long time i mean like ps4 it was supposed to be out like when ps5 wasn't a thing are you getting it matt I may. I may get down the line because, like you, I've never been huge into Lego games, but this is Star Wars, and the sheer mass of what's included in all this is astounding for the price you'll pay. So it'll probably be on my list to grab somewhere at some time, maybe on a sale down the line. All right, the House of the Dead remake. I was big into playing House of the Dead in the arcade with on the old light gun shooter days. So when all of those things came to consoles in the time before LCD and LED screens and light guns were still viable, it was a lot of fun. I'm just not entirely sure I want to play this with the joystick aiming that they have available. But anybody who hasn't had a chance to go through any of the House of the Dead games, it's some seriously good campy fun. The voice acting is cringeworthy in a good way and it's it's reminiscent of those old arcade days. So, if anything, just at least watch a video of some of it. What about you, Joe? I'm going to pick this up as long as the price is right. I didn't look at the price yet. Matt, have you looked at the price yet for this? I didn't catch that, now. I'm hoping it's not like 40 bucks. I'm hoping it's only like like 15 or 25. I'd pick it up for that. But I have a lot of memories with House of the Dead. I played it a lot on Dreamcast with my cousins and my... Uh, my friends back in the day because i'm old and yeah uh house of the dead's cool i think if i they have they confirmed that it's not ar aiming for the for for the uh joy cons i thought it was i thought it didn't just use joystick i thought it used ar aiming with with the actual joy cons themselves uh not entirely sure but to answer your question it's 40 dollars Ooh, they better have a lot of extra content for 40 dollars that's i don't think they do i think it's literally just the original game remade in today's engines Ugh, that's terrible because that's that's not too much of a game for 40 dollars like the game takes what a half an hour maybe for maybe 90 minutes to beat the entire game if that how what's the how long to beat 35 minutes skipping all the cutscenes, playing on japanese version well one question at a time evidently it will include gyro aiming okay yep. so it's there. Tim- yep okay gyro i was aiming wondering about not- what happened? What'd you say, Kyle? Uh, You're oh, you wondering if it was gyro aiming? Yeah, because I thought that would be cool. Like, if you could just, you know, play. What? Like, honestly, like, like this game's great, but why not give us the the newer game that everybody liked, the one that was the Grindhouse uh, version? What was that? Uh, House of the Dead. What was it? Oh, the man. Overkill. The Overkill. Yeah, that game is a fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, how long to beat has main story at thirty nine? Or sorry, fifty four minutes. All play styles an hour fifteen. Wow! All right, hour fifteen minutes for forty forty bucks. Uh, I think that's reasonable. And by reasonable, by no, for, no, it's not for that type of game. 
it has a very specific purpose and you're going to have speedrunners trying to perfect the new version that that's really what they're going to be doing on that. i agree i agree but i i, I feel like you could have came in at 20 dollars, nice sweet spot everybody would have bought it 40 40 you're asking a lot you're asking a lot for me for 40 dollars for a house of the dead remake uh what's you are you picking this up no not maybe like cheaper than that depends uh it depends on the reviews i think i feel like this game won't work your fingers enough to get you a monster hunter shape so i feel like it's passed for you (laughs) (laughs) aiming's not really gonna do much for you all right next is chrono cross the radical dreamers i love chrono cross so I think this is only twenty four or twenty bucks. This is cheap too. I think I think this is cheap. If I remember correctly, this is not expensive, which surprised me when they announced it. Because it, I believe it's not forty dollars. But Matt's probably going to prove me wrong right now. What you got me here for? I did the search. It's good old fantastic Matt over there. So is uh, let me ask you this because I don't know much about Chrono Cross. 20. The radical, it's 20, 20? Okay. 20, It's not bad. All right, that's really good. So is this game um uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh like is it a remake of the the original or is it a separate game altogether? No, it's it's a remake of the original. Radical Dreamers is like a text based um game that came out in Japan but never came out here. Okay, cool. So we get that and we get the full game. So it's so worth like, it to pick it up. I mean for twenty bucks it's one of the best RPGs ever made. Honestly, it is like it's it's really underrated because everybody loves the first game so much that there's just so much like unnecessary hate on this game. It's like how much unnecessary hate is on Final Fantasy eight after Final Fantasy seven. Like eight's a great freaking game. Like it's got really cool mechanics. It's different. And it, it tried to do a lot. That's in this game. I feel like it does the same thing. They change up the combat. They change up the way the game works. And I felt like it was a nice departure from Chrono Trigger and Man, I would love to see an HD remake of Chrono Trigger, or maybe even just port the the Nintendo version uh, from the DS. But for now, you know, Chrono Cross, it's nice to have this game back and be able to play it on a modern console. What about you, Matt? No, I don't have the fondness for Chrono Cross, but I'm very happy for the people who have been waiting for this. I might pick it up, but down the line, I gotta. I have so many games to catch up on at this point. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <sighs> Right, I like I I sat here today and I was like watching you guys play uh, Elden Ring and I was like I'm so jealous I just want to play Elden Ring. <laughs> Not the game to get your hands better, right? Um, okay. So next is Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim. So kind of like Octopath Traveler, it's an RPG with thirteen interweaving stories that you get to play and set in a futuristic timeline with giant mechs and pretty decent story so uh finally coming to the switch it's been released prior and i think it's for people who really want to look into another different type of rpg it's it's definitely available question is this 60 dollars? yeah yeah you can buy it for 20 on ps4 right now so again that switch tax really really bites you in the ass every time what are you talking about joe the I'm looking at the PlayStation Store right now. It's sixty dollars. It's it's gone on sale for twenty a bunch of times. Well, okay, it's yeah. not available right now. 
but I'm saying it goes on sale. Whereas like the Switch one will never go on sale for that cheap. It'll just never happen. Can you can you bring your PlayStation anywhere with you? I can, but I'd have to bring a TV and a screen and an outlet and a whole bunch of other things. Not a problem for the system we're talking about later. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm hoping that you know. I'm hoping that this runs well enough on the Switch, but I have my reservations because of Rune Factory 5 that this will run any better than that. So, And again, it's a PS4 game, so I don't know how well it's going to run on a Switch, but, you know, I've been proven wrong in the past, and there's been a lot of good things that have run, or a lot of highly demanding games that have run really well on the Switch, so... I'm sure work. sacrifices are made. Yeah, it, I I hope I hope none that really hamper the game or the gameplay, and I hope that you know people who don't have a Switch can enjoy a really good RPG. I played the demo for this; it's actually really good, but I just don't have time to buy another RPG, unfortunately. Yeah, I know that's where I'm at right now. That's why I've been playing uh, Bravely Default Two. I'm like, maybe I should get one out of my actual inventory the backlog. Yeah. Backlogs are meant for growing, not for beating. <laughs> there you go. All right. The next game on we the need list. That in a t shirt. There you go. Daryl. Daryl, you have your next t shirt plan. All right. The next game on the list is Cat Cafe Manager. Figured for all those cat people out there might be interested in this game. <laughs> it's been out for a while on pc and now it's coming out to switch it's you play a cafe manager that has cats enjoy yeah i'd probably play this game this game sounds me awesome (laughs) much better than gran turismo 7 joe Uh, get on it day one i'm sure it has uh i'm sure it doesn't have the same kind of bullshit that creatures i'm sure you don't have to pay like you don't have to pay for your cats to be fed, and then they change they change how much the cat food is. <laughs> I was gonna say, Joe, does Gran Turismo does Gran Turismo Seven have cats? No, but if it did, it changed the price on their shots. Plus one for Cat Cafe Manager. <laughs> Gran Turismo. Anyway. Uh oh yeah okay the next one Tormented Souls. Tormented Very Souls. similar to Resident Evil Silent Hill. It's a survival horror game. Different story, so if you're looking for that Resident Evil kick, this will be the next game you want to look at. This is a Daryl-ass uh, game. It is, and I may actually pick it up just because it looks like something unique and different. Is it out for anything else, or is it just a Switch game? Didn't look and see if it was anywhere else, but it's being released on the Switch on the 14th of April. Alright. The next game is Star Wars The Force Unleashed. I tried playing this. And didn't get very far. We talked about this on our last cast because it was announced as coming out and that it's the Wii version using the same janky gyro controls it has. There's there's better ways to play it out there. If you have PlayStation Now, you can play it there. For all 15 of you. Alright, next is Metal Tails Overkill. This was one I looked at. It's a heavy metal style game. So there's a lot of heavy metal music. Go around kind of arenas like uh, it's a top-down isometric type of game. Killing enemies with the power of metal. So I'm very interested as usual. Wait, that sounds interesting. So you killed them with your rock? Yeah, you're out there playing your guitar, 
blasting people with your with your chords. I feel like I would just turn the music off and just listen to Tenacious D while I play this. Also a viable option. All right, next Zombie Army Four Dead War. How are they still making these fucking games? Because people like, still buy them, Joe. How many times can you kill Zombie Hitler? Seriously, like, I, like I don't get it. Like. It's like he keeps coming back. Uh, Joe, how many times are you willing to not kill zombie Hitler? I mean, I think that's the real question. Is there I mean, something you want to tell us? I mean, he is zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I do not support the, the zombie. <laughs> I, do not, I do not support and or endorse the Nazi zombie party. So that's your question. <laughs> Anytime they bring back zombie Hitler, it's our duty to shoot him in the, in the face. It's true. Guess that is true. Next. All right. All right. I'm a little excited about the last one. This is the last one. Nintendo Switch Sports, a.k.a. Wii Sports, is back. A.k.a. Bowling for old people. I think this is going to be another fun remix of past party games, and that's really the use of it now. Everybody, You have a party. Everybody gets to play bowling or tennis or boxing, and then it turns into a real boxing match because somebody cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Someone gave you the dead Joy-Con right before that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's playing, his character slowly listing to the left. Oh yeah, someone gave you the drifting Joy-Con. I will be buying this. Uh, I have parties at my house, and one of the people that comes to my party, um, he is... Um, I don't he know. really enjoys the bowling. Yes. Aspect of it. Yeah, he really does. He's a bowler. I won't be buying this because Kalai has parties at her house and we'll have <laughs> and we'll, own it and we'll own this game. <laughs> oh man. Um I have many memories with Wii Sports and they're all great. Plus I really think I could get work to buy a Wii U or a Switch now because of this game. So there's always that. There you go. All right. We are actually going to do a topic of the show. I mean, we have enough time. We do have enough time. We also now have more people, so the discussion is going to be a little bit more interesting than just you and me, Joe. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, no one wants to hear us just talk back and forth for 45 minutes. It's kind of boring. So we're going to take a look back at the Wii U. The great little console that could. Uh, it was released in North America on November 18th, 2012. The price was three hundred dollars for a white eight gig or three fifty for a black thirty two gig. Total units sold was thirteen point five six million worldwide uh from two thousand twelve to two thousand nineteen versus the PS three, which is eighty seven point four million, and the Xbox, which is eighty four million. Xbox three sixty. Oh I'm sorry, specific. Xbox three sixty. Uh guys, it's my Matt here has done a fantastic job on the notes. So I'm not really this smart smart. It's just that he did a really well, good job. You were, you were truncating, and that's fine. It's just because Microsoft's naming condition is arguably worse than Nintendo's. We have to be specific here. That is true. Uh, okay, so versus the Switch, uh, 103.54 million. Uh, versus the Wii, sold 101.63 million. Versus the GameCube, 21.74 million. Versus Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64 only sold 32.93 million units. It has no uh, fucking games, Kalai. <laughs> like, it has like 10 games. That and that's all buy. people really wanted to buy. 
Yeah, thirty-two point nine three million, according to Wiki. Uh, the NA versus the Super Nintendo forty-nine point one zero, and the original Nintendo is sixty-one uh, million, sixty-one point nine one million. So I want to say this about the the numbers. You look at the NES resounding success at the time. SNES sold less because they had the big competitor of Genesis. N64 less than SNES, but still considered a successful console because it was the first thing to really bring 3D into light. Mario 64, Ocarina of Time being the huge releases that really exhibited what the place what the N64 could do. And that was after that whole Sony Nintendo partnership just crumbled and which resulted in the original PlayStation being made. Followed by the GameCube, which sales continued to decline, and a lot of people felt the GameCube was was the downfall, or Nintendo's pending downfall. They saw them going the way of Sega and the Saturn and the Dreamcast. And then Nintendo came out with the Wii. And because of games like the Wii Sports, 101 million from 21 million console sales to 101 million so you knew that they had a success and then by far the worst selling console the wii u 13.56 followed by the switch jumping way back up to 103 million those numbers are all over the place you know what they say about the worst selling console though has the best damn games and the most underrated library. Look at like the Dreamcast. It's the same. It's the same issue as the Wii U. Like if people if people would have supported it, we would have got more stuff for it. So yeah, we'll talk about some of those games in a little bit. Go ahead, Clay. Okay, it was discontinued in 2017. Now I guess. I guess we're going to talk about some neat features of the system. Wow, this is really organized. I feel this is way too organized for our podcast. <laughs> we have Matt now. This is this is what we get. We 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 purchased organization, people. And we did because you know between you and me, I'm the more organized person, and I wasn't that organized. I don't Wait fucking read the notes, Kalai. <laughs> Wait, purchased. <laughs> Apparently, apparently you're an indentured servant to the- there's, there's something you guys forgot to tell me oh you didn't read the contract contract <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, the Wii U had unremovable storage for an SD slot backwards compatibility with the Wii games which is nice it could be played without a TV just the control pad. It introduced Amiibos. Discs had a curved edge. So that was that was a really weird thing when I first noticed picking up games. Hold any CD or or uh, game disc, and it's a very squared off edge. For some reason, I, I don't know why the Wii U had a curved edge to the disc. It just felt really nice. So you're saying Nintendo put proprietary edges on their discs? I believe so. Only Nintendo would do something. That's like a Nintendo-ass decision. You're going to make our discs so they don't fit in any other machine, so you can't, like, mod them or do anything to them. Copy them. Okay, apparently just like the Wii, if you didn't have a sensor bar, you could light candles as a sensor substitute. 
Wait, what? So all so all the sensor bar did was project two LED lights that the the gamepad or the Wiimote would pick up. And if you lost the sensor bar, I forgot the measurements, but you could take two small candles, you know, like you put in a uh, little glass candle like a a teacup like a tea lamp exactly you could take those space them apart appropriately light them and that would be enough light for the wiimote to pick up and act as the what it needs to do that's really cool did it like did you also play sexy music little barry (laughs) metal kenny g in the background depends on the game i was playing And apparently you couldn't play your Wii U and a BlackBerry at the same time. (laughs) So, so funny story. Uh, When I got my first work BlackBerry and I wasn't able to put two and two together, I'd be sitting at home playing my Wii and I would, or I'm sorry, the Wii U. And I would be maybe seven feet from the console. I could see the console for where I was sitting on the couch and I would constantly have connection errors it would flash on the screen saying connection lost. Make sure you have clear line of sight of your Wii U. And I was looking through all the forums, anything I could find until I found one weird post somewhere that said, oh, hey, there's a problem between the Blackberries. Put it on your home Wi-Fi. The second I put it, my Blackberry on my home Wi-Fi, all my connection issues went away. That's the craziest thing. It's definitely pretty funny. That's crazy. Like, I wonder if Nintendo's like, are we going to release a patch for the Wii U so BlackBerry users can use their Blackberries and they'll be used at the same time in the same household? <laughs> I don't even know how you'd test for stuff. Like, like, I thought that was some FCC shit that you can't make a device that interferes with another and must accept whatever interference it's given. Obviously not in this case. So was Nintendo secretly trying to take out the BlackBerry market? I think it was BlackBerry trying to secretly take out Nintendo. <laughs> Technology is for work, not for play. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about these features. Uh, so the, the the gamepad was very, very important because we got it led to the Switch, which again, still my my new I mean, favorite really console. Think about it; like both consoles led to the Switch, the Wii U and the Wii. Like they are the switch. If you take if you take the sums of both parts, it equals the switch. That's true. Like the nunchucks are the Joy-Con, and they led they're 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 the infancy of the Joy-Con, and the gamepad is the infancy of the actual Switch device itself. And they just took the two and like made them have sweet love, and now we have a Switch. <laughs> and you can actually play the gamepad in the bat. You can actually take your Switch in the bathroom, unlike the gamepad, which if you we're too far away from the Switch from the Wii U, which was more than like three feet. It wouldn't even like read your signal anymore. I was like, that was the most disappointing thing about the Wii U. Yeah, it, it was the biggest feature that became the biggest bane of existence. Yeah, because uh, I used my Wii U a lot. I mean, I could tell this. I guess do you want to go into Wii U stories right now, or did you want to finish your your thought your thought reply? Uh, let's just finish our thought on these neat features because I also want to yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the amiibos. I love the amiibos only because it's literally like Smash Brothers, and I now have the little trophies on my shelf. 
Yeah, I mean, I know everybody's thoughts on them that, you know, literal physical shit crystals, but from a collector standpoint, I remember trying to hunt down a Charizard Amiibo, and it was, I was not willing to pay scalper prices, and not just Charizard, but the Lucario. I wanted to collect all the Pokemon Amiibos. I wanted to be the best that ever was. And I remember finding a post online on Reddit and was like, hey, the... Toys R Us down in Homedale has the Pokemon. Go get them. And I immediately got my car, drove down, and they had shelves stocked full of Pokemon Amiibos. Picked up one of each that I could. I felt like Amiibo hunting was a fun part of it, as long as you didn't give in to the scalpers. Yeah, I love the Amiibo chase. The beginning of Amiibo craze was fun. Like, I loved going... Like, I remember having to pre-order them, and I was like, I'm pre-ordering Classic. This is the thing. And now I do that every time for Ninja Turtle figures. So, like, not much has changed in my life. Not much has changed. Still so, pre-order- I'm still pre-ordering plastic pieces of, pieces of toy. Would you like to hear my crazy story of how we got a, uh, how we were getting Amiibos? Go for it. How you weren't getting Amiibos? How we were. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Uh, so, my cousin Mark, years ago, dated this girl. Who uh, worked for Toys R Us. So we could get her to pull the amiibos we wanted out. And we could get them for retail before they hit the shelves. Oh. Oh, you lucky bastards, dude. Well. Not lucky for her, because Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. Well, no. Here's the problem. Is that Mark, my cousin didn't like her. He and used her for Amiibos? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that apparently she didn't uh, smell or taste correct in her correct areas. Jesus, Mark. <laughs> Wait, and here I am. Be- for Amiibos. And here I am encouraging him to take one for the team. <laughs> he was giving me blows. Folks, I don't know many horrible people in my life. <laughs> but did you hear me, Kali? Right? He was, giving, he was giving some amiibos. <laughs> yeah. So that was the joke. Well, that was the joke. He was like, uh, you know, I really want to break up with her. You got to take the one for the team, Mark. You got to get us the amiibos. Something's fishy about these amiibos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, did I ever tell you that story, Joe? <laughs> No, this is great. <laughs> Don't forget to mark uh, the R-rated on our podcast. I feel like that's the name title of the episode. Something's fishy about these amiibos. <laughs> oh, One gosh. fish, two fish, amiibo fish. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's go on to talk about the launch titles. There are 32 launch day titles? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them were previously released, but it was interesting to see how many games were actually available on the Wii U day one. Because if this was your first console and you didn't have a PS3 or a Xbox 360 at the time, the fact that you can get Call of Duty 
uh, Black Ops 2 or Assassin's Creed 3, Darksiders 2. Uh, Darksiders, I feel, is a very underrated game series. It's a great game. It is. Great series. If you like Zelda-like games, you know, the adventure and discovery and weapons are really good. And Darksiders 2 being available on the Wii U was, I believe, a very good move. Disney Epic Mickey 2, even though it was a shit game, the fact <laughs> that they decided to come out with a sequel, again, it, it just lent variety to it. Uh, Nintendo Land, which was a pack-in with the 32 gigabyte Wii U, uh, was yeah, it was a neat pack-in. Scribblenauts Unlimited, I had a lot of fun with. I, I like the Scribblenauts games. And then Zombie U, being the launch day game, made use of the gamepad and showed what the new system could do. And those were just some of the games, but 32, a lot of them were games already released on previous systems. Yeah, I've never actually played Darksiders. Uh, I kind of want to play those games. I never really got into the Zombie U. I think I still have Zombie U, because I still do have my Wii U. We also got it for free on PS4. Yeah, called Zombie. Well, yeah, it was the one when they removed the U part. Because <laughs> they couldn't use you in a title. Alright, so here are notable releases that we actually, uh, that did come out. The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8, Bayonetta 2, Super Mario Maker, Pikmin 3, Hyrule Warriors, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, Xenochronicle Blades X, Pokemon Tokenament, Splatoon, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Lego Cindy Undercover, Disney Infinity, and the Zombie U. All, well, maybe not all, <laughs> a lot of high-quality games. The Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD re-releases are some of the most notable Zelda games out there, especially Wind Waker. Breath of the Wild being the last hurrah for Wii U, I think was appropriate. Mario Kart 8, which is still out there today. I mean, Jesus, it might be time for them to move on to Mario Kart 9, but they're still making, releasing courses for it. Joe and I were talking about before the podcast began how they're they're slowly releasing all the older courses into the current version of uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch. But that started it all. Bayonetta 2, which without that success wouldn't have lent to us getting Bayonetta 3 this year. Pikmin 3, which everybody was clamoring for, and now everybody's clamoring for Pikmin 4. Joe, Hyrule Warriors. How many hours did you spend in that game? Uh, millions. Yeah. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker was a fun game, and it was the Great perfect... underrated game. Perfect game for couch co-op, where you play a life, then you hand the control over to your friends, see how they can handle the puzzles. Monster Hunter 3, Kalai. This is where it all started for me. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, fighting Rathalos, killing monsters, making their body parts into my armor and weapons. This game started me down the bad track of spending hundreds and thousands of hours playing Monster Hunter games. I think the yeah. coolest thing about that game was that it like it paired with the 3DS version, and you could take your, your game anywhere. So yep. like you, Oh, so cool. And then the cool thing was the screen on that, as opposed to having to cycle through your item menu, you could put a couple quick buttons for your, like your mega potions or flash bombs or things like that. And you could use it right on the screen. Poken tournament, 
very solid Pokemon fighting game. I wish it had more like content, but like once they released all the DLC, I thought it was a very well-rounded game. Yep. I, I, I hope we get, I hope we get a sequel, but I don't think it'll ever happen, like ever. And it was a once-in-a-lifetime chance of getting the one game we did. I mean, we got a, didn't we get a remake for it on a, a re-release for the Switch? Yes, we did. But I already had it. I didn't. And the cool thing was, when I bought it, it came with the Mewtwo or the Dark Crystal Mewtwo Amiibo card. So as opposed to like an action figure, it was just a card with an NFC tag in it. Oh. Splatoon. There you go. Go ahead, Joe. No, Splatoon was great. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely remember buying uh, a Pokemon tournament because it was made by the people who made Tekken. So it's yep. actually a very well put together fighting game. If you haven't checked it out, it, it is on the Switch, and uh, you can get it for like twenty bucks on like Amazon. Yeah, it's a pretty good pickup. I actually think I'm gonna pick it up now. That I think about it. I didn't play Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, but from what I've read on forums, it is a de facto the go-to Donkey Kong game. It is it is a love letter to Donkey Kong Country, 100%. Like it's it's a true to form sequel to Donkey Kong Country. And I don't mean like Donkey Kong Country 3, which which is a great game, don't get me wrong, but it's not it's no Donkey Kong Country 1 or 2. But I I think Tropical Freeze had a good um mix of Donkey Kong Returns and how good that game was versus like making it a little bit harder for like, you know, adult gamers. And I felt like the challenge of collecting everything in that game was a very good challenge that I wanted to go through with my friends and we actually did 100% that game. Great game, great game. I want I want to say I own Tropical Freeze and I tried to play it with Jim and he's and he couldn't do it. So like I definitely need somebody to play with me that would want to do that. All right, let's do it. There you go. Lego City Undercover was better than it had any right to be. Dude, this game just broke the mold for them at the time. Yeah, it just it, I was upset cuz it ran like total ass on the Did you buy the PS4? Did you buy the PS4 version when it came I out? did not know. Yeah, I I own the PS4 version. So I played it on the I played it on the Wii U for a little bit and then when I found it, when I got my PS4, I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to play this on PS4. It's going to be a much more enjoyable situation." But to have a game like this because let's face it, like Nintendo wasn't putting a Grand Theft Auto game or let's say Rockstar wasn't putting a uh one of their Grand Theft Auto games on the Switch. So this is like the closest thing we had to playing an open world like game like that on the Switch. We didn't get very many huge open world games on the Switch or on the Wii U, sorry. But this was one of the ones we did get, and it was it was very good. It's a very good game. Not just a very good Lego game. It's a good game, period. Yeah. Lots of content, lots of things to do. This will keep you busy for hours. If you have kids, it's definitely a, a good pickup. I think it's like less than like 10 bucks now if you try to find it used for the Wii U. So it's definitely worth a pickup. I really like the Twilight Princess. I actually beat the Twilight Princess on the Wii U because... I was getting ready to play Breath of the Wild, and I wanted to jack up my amiibo. I bought it for the amiibo. Not gonna yeah, lie. I got the wolf amiibo too. Not gonna, not gonna lie, I bought it for the wolf amiibo. I hate Twilight Princess. Out of all the Zelda games, it's probably the one I hate the most. I liked it a lot. And I and everyone's like, "Ooh, it's darker, it's grittier." Okay, but like, I feel like the music's not as good. I feel like the gameplay wasn't as good. I feel like for all the shit that Skyward Sword gets, at least Skyward Sword tried to be something different, and the bosses in those in those games are well, well, well ahead of like most Zelda games. The bosses want... make you think in that game, and Twilight Princess, I didn't have to really think; it was just kill, kill, kill. So I, I wanted Link to stab all those kids in the face. Hey, they were so annoying. Like, 
especially hated the baby. Like, do we want to keep talking about Zelda games on the Switch? No, on the, can, Wii, on the Wii. We U? can move on. Well, do you want to keep talking about the other ones? Because like the other ones are really good. Um, obviously, you talked about Breath of the Wild, and it was nice that that was like the send off. But like Wind Waker, it was so nice to be able to play Wind Waker again. I've never Wind- played Wind Waker. It's my favorite Zelda game. Played so time. well on it. It did. It ran beautifully, and the fact that they toned down like all the sea exploration stuff to make the game a little bit more accessible people that didn't want to play it for a thousand hours thought that was great i thought that was definitely serviceable dude uh, when they released bayonetta 2 when you bought it and you got bayonetta fantastic one for, bayonetta 1 for, for free. free and you I, can play them both on the gamepad i sat there for hours just playing them on the gamepad i still have them those one of the games that i would not ever trade in because now it's actually like a collector's item i want the i want one and two on the switch so bad like i want to buy them but they're so expensive for what they are like because i paid like seven dollars to buy bayonetta one on ps4 and i'm really mad that nintendo paid for the i mean i'm not mad because we got a bayonetta two and it wouldn't have nintendo didn't pay for it because let's face it spoiler alert for all you listening i know this is a nintendo podcast but platinum's not gonna be around for much longer unless they get purchased because Babylon's fall just fell off a fucking cliff. Tanked. Dude, it had 600 players on Steam. 100. Not 1,000. 100. Is that more or less than Battlefield 2042? I'm going to say that it's more people playing Battlefield just because you can do crazy-ass shit in that game. Like like drive water vehicles up walls and buildings. If the game lets you. <laughs> if the game lets you do anything and lets you turn it on. Kali, any of these games part of your history? Uh, you... I Mario guess, Maker. Yeah, Mario Maker. We I all played Mario Maker. Before I met you and <laughs> gave you impossible levels to try. Well, uh, can I talk? Every time I keep trying to talk about my experiences, Joe's jumping in there. Yeah, a little bit of... I liked... Uh, I definitely liked um, uh, Splatoon. I actually loved Splatoon. Like, what they did with Splatoon. I bought Splatoon 2, and I should have played a lot more. Uh, I've never played the Bayonetta series, so I I played a little bit on the Xbox because I think at one point it was free. So what I did was I wound up buying Bayonetta 1 physical. No, Bayonetta 2 bought physical on Switch and got Bayonetta 1 for free. So that's on my list of things to play. Uh, I played a little bit of Tropical Freeze. But again, I feel like that game's a lot more fun with another person. Mario Kart. Played a lot of Mario Kart. Actually, um, I used to play Mario Kart with my cousin Mark. And I walked in with like a, uh, I think a belt for Mario Kart that I got from. What? <laughs> oh, like a championship belt? Yeah. We had those. Nice. We had those in high school. Or it would have been Smash Brothers. Why is it Smash Brothers on this list? Because I forgot it. Simple answer. Oh, okay. I was like afraid that I, that that it wasn't on there. I was like, oh, isn't? No, you're absolutely right, Smash Brothers. Because there's there's oh, the yeah, other ultimate. start of the amiibo crate. No, oh. not Ultimate Four. No, Ultimate was Switch. Smash Brothers Four was because you had the original Smash Brothers on the N64. Then you had Melee on the GameCube, followed by Brawl on the Wii and Smash Four which didn't have a, a traditional name, was on the Wii U. Wait, Ultimate was it? SM, it was oh, Ultimate is SM4SH just... is how they did it. Yeah, but isn't Ultimate just a re-release of 
four with every single character. It's a re-release of everything. Yeah, technically, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess no. So, yeah, good catch, Clyde. Yeah, Smash Brothers four, which really is what started the amiibo craze because that's where most of those were used for. How can I forget that? I know. Oh, and with the with the with the the amiibos. That's right. On top of that, you could like, you know, couldn't you just you could use your Wii you your amiibo on and to like train up the fighter, couldn't you? Yeah, you would you would touch your amiibo to the controller, and then you would feed it like certain in-game currency to train it to like attack, defense, or special. And it was the funniest thing. I saw people where they would take their amiibos, they'd all get together for a party, and the amiibos would be what decides the dinner. Like this amiibo would be named Pizza, this one would be named McDonald's, and then they'd put them in the match together they'd fight and whoever won that's what you're getting for dinner that's kind of cute it's a smart way to decide dinner all right you want to go through these host questions let's go through the questions all right wait did we go through the whole list of games already yeah yeah we talked about most of them i mean the the only other one to really talk about for me was xenoblade chronicles cross oh x yeah i didn't i didn't put i put some hours into it but i never even came close to finishing it put 300 hours in that game I put maybe 10 hours into that game. I put 300, uh, 300 and I don't even remember, but it was over 300 hours. And I did every single thing you could possibly do in that game. And it took forever. And it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had playing a game. Like, I love this game so much. All on the Wii U. And I feel like it was just different. It was just so different of a Xenoblade game compared to the first game where it was more about the exploration of the actual planets than it was actually fighting things. And I thought that was a really cool way of doing a game. And I wished that the sequels would have been more of the same. But they're not, sadly. And I hope we get a port of this game someday. Like, I'm keeping the, I'm keeping the hope alive. That would be we'll nice. Eventually get a Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yeah, I'm keeping that, that hope alive as well. I, I, I want that as well. So you can play more than 10 hours? Yeah. I, I just, I like the Switch, so so much better i really do me too uh so all right so did you buy a wii u at launch um no i got mine that first christmas after launch so i guess it came out in or maybe it was the christmas after the christmas of launch yeah i got it the christmas after the christmas of launch so so. 2013 yes i got 2013 um my wife refused to buy it, and she said I wasn't getting one, and then I opened all my stuff on Christmas, and she's like, you got one more present in the closet, and I was like, okay. So I opened it, and it was just like a bag. I was like, okay. And then I opened, and then, and then I opened the bag, and there's another bag, and it's a GameStop bag, and then the Wii U was just sitting in there. Like, she didn't even wrap it. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, cool. You don't need to wrap it. I mean, it's less shit for me to do to take it out of the box, so. Which one was it? Uh, it was the black one. Nice. So I didn't want the white one. I told her, like, specifically don't buy the white one. I wanted the more memory. And I also got a, a terabyte hard drive with it, like an external to hook up to it. Okay. Because I went fully digital. So, Collect. I got, oh, and I got 14 or 15 Xbox 360 games for Christmas that year. And I, retur- and I returned them all to Walmart and just bought Wii U games instead. There you go. Collect. Uh, 
I got mine a couple of years afterwards. I wanted one, but Jim's like, no, I don't want to buy you another system you're not going to play. <laughs> so I wound up uh, waiting, and for Christmas one year, uh, my father-in-law bought me the Wii U. I found like a really good uh, deal on it. Like a really good deal on it, and you know when I we he, you know we had to send it to him, and we sent it to him. He's like, "Well, okay," and he wound up buying. He went out buying the one that wasn't the deal. I was like, "I bought. I gave you one that was a really good deal," and he's like, he wound up doing the research, realizing it was a good deal, returning the one he bought me, and bought me the one that was like a better deal because it came with like, it came with like Smash Brothers or something. It came with a really good game. Nice. I st- and I yeah. And do you still have one? Uh, one second. I still have my launch day Wii U. So, unfortunately, when it came time to pre-order, I couldn't get a pre-order on a black one. I had to wait until... Uh, I, I There was a news article that was like, hey, yeah, they're they're accepting pre-orders now and i ran down to my local GameStop, and the only reservations i had left were the white one that's a lot of dust joe because yeah, it probably hasn't been played in like nine years <laughs> for our listeners joe's holding up his black wii u gamepad that has probably about two inches of dust on top of it i'd say four but who's <laughs> good thing you're not a meteorologist or a dustologist <laughs> no what 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 degree do you need to be a dustologist joe uh, <laughs> i don't know that's a good question Listeners, report back, please. Uh, so yes, I still have one. Joe still has one. Kalai, yeah, of course, I still have one, and you knew that because you was, you you helped me set it up a million times in this household. You're acting like I remembered. Uh, <laughs> favorite game, Kalai. Oh, uh, probably Twilight Princess because that's the one I played the most of and I beat. Or Splatoon. Splatoon. Because it was new and different for Nintendo. Actually, Splatoon. Joe? Hyrule Warriors, easily. Hmm, that doesn't surprise me. Matt? With the number of hours you put in? No. Probably Wind Waker HD. I, I love playing the game on the GameCube, and I love playing it again on the Wii U. Most regrettable purchase? Star Fox! Joe and I are in agreement. <laughs> I can't believe I wasted money on it. I, I bought it with the hopes that it wasn't going to be as bad as they were saying, and I was let down severely. I just feel like I bought it knowing it was going to be a steaming pile of shit, and I was like, it can't be this bad. And it was. No, it, it, we don't have chameleon eyes trying to look at the gamepad and the screen at the same freaking time. I, like, it's, it just it baffles me. It's Star Fox. How do you fuck this up? It's like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, just make a good Star Fox game, Nintendo. Just make a good one, please. Just for the love of God. Just give me back Star Fox. And just port Kid Icarus Uprising. Just do it. Like, you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> just port the damn game. I don't even need better controls. Just port it to Switch. Just give me. Kalai, you have any purchases you really regret? Uh, She's like, the console itself. N- no, <laughs> I, I don't really. No, not really. Well, All the amiibos taking up shelf space. No, I like those. No, what about the oh god, what's the persona like game that came to it and then re-released on on Switch? Oh, um uh Tokyo Mirage Session? Yeah, I bought that 
I kind of sort of regret it, not because it isn't a good game. It is a really good game. But like I kind of regretted it only because they then came to to switch. Did you buy it again on the Switch too? No, I haven't actually. I'm very proud oh, of I myself. You, I thought you did buy it. Nope. It's a great game. It's a really good game. It's an underrated game. It's a hidden gem. Well, I don't know really. It, yeah, I guess it would be a hidden gem because it was so late in the cycle that not a lot of people were still playing Wii U. Same thing with Xenoblade Chronicles X. Like, yeah, it was a very late game in the cycle. So like, not a lot of people are still playing the Wii U at that point. People kind of dropped off at that point, but. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's uh, our next question? Did you use it for the virtual console? Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, I have so many virtual console games on mine. I think I have like 47 games. But that's me every virtual console. It's like, how many times can Nintendo game to buy Mario again? So, funny thing was, and this goes back to the first episode I was on with you guys. Evidently, I remembered my first time playing Mario 64 was on the Wii U playing on the virtual console there. So I used it for that. I used it uh, for a lot of digital stuff like Joe. I had, I had hobbled together my own external drive and put a 250 gig hard drive on it and started downloading a lot of the virtual console games to play there. And then I remember playing like Angry Video Game Nerd on there. Oh, yeah, the lame ass YouTube uh, app that it had on it. No, I meant the game. Did you ever buy the game? Did you ever play the game? No, I didn't play the game. She played on Switch. It's really fun. You'd like it because it's really hard. It's like playing like it's like Dark Souls for like platformers. It's insane. It's insanely difficult. If you like you jack up difficulty, it's a fun game though. I recommend it for anybody. And and you get both games in one set now for twenty bucks. Hmm. Fifteen bucks. Actually pretty cheap. Um hmm. Kalai, you use the virtual console at all? Not a lot, no. Mm mm. Yeah. I, mean, I bought how many times can they get me to buy the same game though? Hmm. True. I felt like because the library for the 3DS and the Wii U didn't merge, which I thought was stupid because it was kind of the same system. Mar- uh, oh, Matt stepped away. Damn it, Matt. I'm right here. I didn't go very far. Do you remember how awesome it was when we got GBA games on the Wii U? Dude, it was yeah, because awesome GBA games weren't being available. Dude, did you buy Final Fantasy uh, Tactics Advanced? No, I did not. Oh, such a freaking... Kalai? Do you still have your Wii U? I think you can still buy stuff on the Wii U. I think you can. Are you, like, not listening to our conversation? We already just answered that. Do you still have one? Oh, yeah, you still have one. Yeah, you just asked so me if I have one. Go buy go buy Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced on the Wii, on the Wii U. It's, it's uh, a fantastic you, game. Can you anymore? I think you still can. I don't. I think you can purchase things, but you can't load money onto it. So, like, you can buy things with, like, a credit card. You just can't load money onto it. So you can't load like points onto it anymore. I mean, you might have to fact check me on that, but I could be wrong. Can I? I was trying to see how long it would take me to turn on my system to check, but it's not worth the time. Uh, like can I years. still? Uh, can I buy Final Fantasy Tactics on PC? Uh, no, because it never went. And it's it's Tactics Advanced. It's the Game Boy Advance version of it. I've never played the like, original. No, the Game Boy Advance game is the best Final Fantasy Tactics game ever made. And I'll fight anybody on this front because it was just so cool. Like, you could send your troops out to do, like, missions for you. And they come back and they bring you back, like, specialty items that you can only get from doing quests. There was, like, so many different quests to do. It is just a time sink. That game, and if you know Joe, Joe loves his time sink games. Um, You can also buy Fire Emblem, the two original GBA games. You can get that on the Wii U U eShop, which was cool. I have both of those. 
Um, you can get um, what else can you get on there? WarioWare. You could buy the original WarioWare on there. And then didn't they bring DS games at the end of the cycle to the to the Wii U shop? That was right at the end, wasn't it? That you could buy DS games. Because I believe I, I had. I don't remember DS being an option. I can remember. I know they had Super Nintendo games on there. I bought all those again, even though I owned them all on the 3DS. I bought them on the Wii U again, just so I could have them on the gamepad on a bigger screen. I was like, but, 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 I was like, but Steph, they're on a bigger screen. <laughs> However, you need to justify it to the spouse. It's like I can play Ninja Gaiden again on a bigger screen. But yeah, I, I spent so much money on the virtual console. Like, so much. Like, Nintendo, Nintendo, if you're smart, you would just bring back the virtual console because you'd make hand over fist. Like people pay $5 for all your games. They yeah, do. but Joe, they did. They already brought it back. It's just now you pay monthly and you pay forever. Otherwise you lose access to the game. Smart business model. Smart business model. Where's Battletoads? Uh, isn't that on Xbox? No, no, the, the, origi- <laughs> the original one. Daryl was asking me last night if you could play it. Daryl's like, Daryl's like, you know what's funny? And I never said this on a podcast. He's like, uh, I pay for the Nintendo online subscription and I don't even turn my damn switch on. And he's like, I've been paying that for that. He's like, I've been paying for that crap for three years. I'm like, thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. You're the reason part why of the, this part you're of the problem. You're the reason why this shit works. It's people like you who forget to turn off their subscriptions to things. Did you play anything that you consider a hidden gem? Tons. Zack and Wiki. It's a fantastic little uh, game. Um, it, it was kind of like you you solve these puzzles, these different puzzles on this like island. And I can't remember too much about the game, but it was freaking awesome. It was awesome, awesome game. The I'll throw in Fatal Frame 4, Maiden of the Blackwater, which just recently released on Switch. I remember my wife loves the Fatal Frame series, and for them to finally release a new game was such a big deal. And I don't know what happened, but they couldn't release it physically. They didn't want to, they couldn't. So it was just digital download only. So her getting a new Fatal Frame game on that system was was a huge deal. Yeah, didn't they just you said they just released that on modern consoles, right? Yeah, on the Switch. Yeah, I totally forgot to buy that on PS4. It's out on PS4, I just never bought it. Goodbye. Splatoon. You think Splatoon's a hidden gem? I mean, I, I guess it could be. It's like people who think ARMS is a good game. <laughs> That's a purchase I regret. There you go, you found one. Wait, that? you bought ARMS? Yes. It was so I can't believe that. you just admitted that out loud. In your defense, there really wasn't anything else on the Switch at the time. I mean... I just I think one of the coolest hidden gems on the Wii was like that you or the Wii U is that you could play uh Wonderful One on One was a good one. You guys play that? No, no, but that definitely had a good following to it. Fast Racing Neo was another good hidden gem. It was like an F Zero game, but not F Zero because Nintendo just never wants to make another F Zero game. I don't know if it was a hidden gem, but Mad World was a really good action adventure game. It was, it was Nintendo trying to be. Oh wait, no, was that on the Wii? That's on the Wii, but I'll take it. I'll accept it because you can play it on the Wii U. That was a fantastic game. Yeah, it was Nintendo's attempt to be mature, and it was very bloody, but it was all black and white. So it was a neat little game. I think Nintendo um, Land, Nintendo Land, is definitely a hidden gem because I feel like yeah, it, not it everybody really got it. Sh- 
It really. <laughs> I mean, it really showed off what the system could do. And I thought that the mini games were fun to play with a bunch of people. But beyond that, it was a piece of shit. That's okay. You know, it is what it is. Not everything's going to be a banger, right? That's why they're hidden gems. I mean, I, I think that it, it's just, it, it was insane how this little console did, did so well for so long. And then, like, because the GameCube had a pretty decent shelf life, and so did the Wii. But the Wii U was such a short console span. And like I said, it's 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 just interesting to see that it was such a short console span. I thought I, I thought, mean I thought it was gonna last. Five years. I mean, looking at that it was two thousand so the Wii was two thousand six until the Wii U's released in two thousand twelve. So that was six years. Wii U was two thousand twelve at the end towards to 2017 so five years until the switch came out it's really not not five that years. Short, i guess it's really not that short it's about Nintendo. well at the time it wasn't but now you're having longer life cycles on these systems we're now at five years with the switch with no new console in sight they've oh. just reiterated on it how could i forget about this game this is probably one of my top five games on the on the wii u uh nintendo nintendo uh nes remix Yes. What a fantastic game. That got a lot of praise. And then NES Remix 2 was good too. Like, those are both fantastic games. Fantastic games. Like, wow. Like, I can't say enough good things about those games. It's like, it was like taking the formula that they created with WarioWare and then, like, taking all the, all of, like, Nine Volts games and, like, fleshing them out into its own full, like, NES Remix style WarioWare game and i thought the game i thought the series was going to take off and we were going to get like snes remix and like well maybe virtual boy remix uh, evidently not enough people bought it no i oh it was a million seller i think because i think I, I think the wii u was the last console they did million sellers for they don't do it anymore Claudia, you had something to say uh no i don't remember <laughs> you got that's okay. We'll forgive you. How do you so, not remember Collide? No. So when you have a system that only sells 13 million units between two systems that sold over 100 million, Nintendo fucked up somewhere. I don't what think do you they, think? I don't think they fucked up, though. I don't. You don't think a 90 million deficit in unit sales is not a fuck up? I mean, look at the Dreamcast. The system is what it is. The system is what it is. Yeah, but the Dreamcast was Sega's way out. If 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 Nintendo was the same as Sega, we wouldn't have the Switch now. True, I guess. But I think some lead the leaders owning the issue, taking taking ownership of it, slashing their own salaries for for the mess up. I think the system was too similar to the Wii for general sales part of the popularity of the wii was that anybody and everybody could buy the system and and make use of it i think one of their biggest downfalls with the system is not that it was too similar in like like tech and hardware i just think it was too behind the times for the current generation that was taking place at that time so it couldn't run like any of those games like yeah, but it, it, it had a problem just... being able to port things. And that and the Nintendo really if you've looked at Nintendo's history, they really 
they really strive on third party support. If they don't have thirty start party support, their systems fail like miserably. I think that's a recent development though, because look at the SNES, the GameCube, the N sixty four. They all had their own first party games driving the sales, but the Wii U didn't have it. Didn't have okay. So it had the new Super Mario Brothers U, which was the re-release of the new Super Mario Brothers that was on the Wii. It has it had Mario uh Mario 3D World which was amazing. Yeah, it it but it was much later in the life cycle that it had those games. I felt like they had to release that game cuz it was done. They didn't want Ex- to. Exactly. So <laughs> the problem is is because people because the Wii was still selling just fine, people were like, "No, I'm just going to take the Wii. Why do I need a Wii U for?" Mm-hmm. Oh man. You know what else came out on that? Uh, Boy and His Blob came out. That was really good. God, that brings me back. Oh, no, that was on Wii. Never mind. We had so many good hidden gems. Trauma trauma Team? Trauma well, we could always talk about that next time. Yep, we, we could do a Wii retrospective. Kalai, do you think the Nintendo could have done anything better with the Wii U? I, I feel they could improve that gamepad. It did feel awkward having your hands so far apart. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. I I liked the way the gamepad felt, and I was the only one. Everyone else was like, "You're crazy." I was like, "It's like holding a big ass fucking game Game Boy." Like it a, felt good in the hands, like com- comparatively. Let's compare this to the Switch. Well, the grip. Hold the Switch in your hand versus a gamepad. The gamepad was contoured and fit well into a grip. The Switch, you're like. My giant hands can't get good grips on those. I like the new switch. I feel like the extra half an inch on each side, like it fits better in my hands. I don't. I I haven't had to use a grip on this thing, and I'm shocked, absolutely shocked, because I couldn't play the other one without a grip. Now I can play this with no grip. Like I don't have a problem anymore. Sorry, Clyde. I think I cut you off. No, it's all right. No, no, that's exactly yeah. Like if they had made that, if they had made it thinner and just a little bit more, uh. I had a little bit more. The only other thing I didn't like about that Wii, the Wii U and the Wii, is that bar. It's just so thin, I'm afraid I'm going to break it. <laughs> I wound up having to tape it to my stand so I don't lose it. It certainly was an annoying feature that I really wish there was a way around it, but the way that that technology worked, there was nothing they could do. I didn't like the fact that, you know, the wire for it was so, like, it felt like like it may came from China. No offense to China, but it felt so cheap. Like the well, wire. It's also twenty feet long. I was like, I guess that's how they have to make it twenty feet long to make it cheap. They're like, it's like thin as a rubber band, and it feels like a snap every time I put the thing together. It's always the piece I lose too when I'm trying to like hook my Wii U up. I'm like, where the fuck is the sensor bar? Yeah. Like, uh, where did this thing go? It, the problem was whether it was sitting underneath the tv or over the tv and they gave it that little sticky pad to make it sit up top it was just the long dangling cable that just it was so terrible and it constantly got tangled with every other cable that was behind there there were there must have been gremlins or something behind my tv going ah, i could do this <laughs> and then there was like third party ones where like it was like wireless and i was like huh, buy a wireless i should have Buy I should have after bar for twenty dollars, or do I buy another game for twenty dollars? But do then you, you had to, every time. Then you had to well the game because it was worth more. But then you had to like make sure the 
bar was charged or ready to go. And if you wanted to play, that was it. What were you going to do? Break out the old sensor bar and run the cable again? No. <laughs> I feel like you're like the guy running cable for like the fucking like cable company. Just like laying down this cable, guys. Just watch out. Just watch your step. Because this, this cable is super long. And it's like when I have to charge my DualSense controller for my PS5. Like, I hate the fucking charging wire on this thing. It's like nine feet long. And it like hangs like from one end of my like where my where my PS5 is or where the where Sauron's tower stands over to my ottoman where I sit on my couch. And like I feel like if my daughter comes in, like runs past it, it's going to tear my PS5 down. And it's going to be so, like that scene in like Lord of the Rings where the tower is just collapsing. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so you bring up another For point. The king. <laughs> you bring up another point you had to charge the gamepad which took a lot longer than charging like a normal but that charging stand it came with was dope yes that was... thing was well, dope well so the 30 wait the 32 gig came with the charging stand yeah yeah it had that okay. little black stand you like us, you... us peons didn't get it on the uh yeah i model. yeah you had to you seen the stand for my wii u yeah mine did not come with a charging stand yeah i love that thing Oh, that's weird. Is that what I get for being a launch day adopter? That's Probably, get, yes. Getting a white one. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I could get, Joe. <laughs> Should have waited, man. No, um, there is no waiting in this house for new technology. Yeah, I see that, Mr. Steam Deck. Speaking of Steam Deck, I'm running a lot of emulation on my Steam Can Deck. Can you run the Wii U on your Steam Deck? Yes. Probably better, too. You should, play yep. Zach and, you should play Zach and Wiki on there. It's freaking phenomenal. Oh, let me go load up my totally legitimate backup copy of Zach and Wiki. Oh, yeah. You should go pull the copy off, off the shelf right now and show me that you own it on camera to prove, yeah, your, to you prove know, your legitimacy. Oh, I wait. Really sorry. Like... I can't sift through my hundreds hundreds of Wii U games <laughs> to get to my legitimate copy, guys. Guys, sorry. Sorry. It's in my storage box somewhere. I got I to bring out the, the freaking Dewey Decimal System in my card catalog to find <laughs> it among the, among the catalog of my games. I feel like if you were talking to Daryl, that might be an actual legitimate concern. It's a freaking legitimate concern for me. Look at that fucking thing over <laughs> there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've been going long enough. Let's. Do we have, no, do we have more questions? Or we no. no that it. That's it. We're landing right, this that, plane. We're going to land this plane. Episode. So thank you for listening. If you like this show, check out our other shows. We've got the Loop Bros podcast, which is our flagship podcast. We also, uh, they do do the comic cast. If you like what you hear, go on Patreon. We release our episodes early for only $1 a month, and you do get that extra content. We do produce uh, Patreon-only uh, content. And then for $25 a month, you can make somebody play a game. So You don't do that. <laughs> Joe wants to play more games. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode of of Driftcast. Check it later, guys. Peace.